This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. What is your next mission from God? We all have one. God has something in mind for us right where we are. Welcome to Your Next Mission from God with Julian Durko, where the saints show us how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Based on Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too, Julie shares unique stories from the lives of the saints to show how they searched for and discovered God's will for their lives. When it comes to the laity, Joseph Pierce made a good point. Now, Joseph Pierce is a literature expert. You probably have heard of him if you haven't. He is a, a expert on G.K. Chesterton, J.R.R. Tolkien, on Shakespeare. He has an amazing conversion story where he he actually, as a teen, he was a white supremacist and a leader in a big group. He ended up in prison. And anyway, it's a it's a great story. You should uh, just Google his name and look for his conversion story because it's quite inspiring. But anyway, he's also teaches and talks about the Catholic persecution in England, you know, after Henry VIII that went on for a couple hundred years. And he's written and talked a lot about the laity because there are those that the names we know of, but there were many, many laity who were martyred. And so many of them, thousands that just lived a really hard life, because if you were Catholic, the laws kind of ebbed and flowed a lot under some uh, leadership. It would be stricter and others it wouldn't. But there were special taxes. There were things you couldn't do. And then at the height of it with Queen Elizabeth, if you were caught, you know, with a priest in your home or helping a priest in any way, you got hung. Uh, Priests were arrested and they were killed horribly, you know, stretched, disemboweled. I mean, that's what they did to priests. But the laity, they hung them. They would hang, especially the young people, to make a show of them to everybody. It was really a bad time. But the point I'm making about that Joseph Pierce made is that when it comes to these kinds of sacrifices that persecution brings, it's a bigger sacrifice for the laity. It is a, is a huge sacrifice for anyone to give their life. But when somebody has to lay down their life and they've got a family and others dependent on them, or it's going to go hard for their family because they're gone, it's even more so. It's even more so. And I thought, you know, he's right. And we know that the church has asked that the laity have a call to the holiness the same that religious priests and nuns, brothers have, and that we have that same call, that in our station in life, that we become holy saints. It's not just for the religious. So I want to tell you a story about a man, and I'm probably butchering his name, but his name is Franz Joggerstadter, and he ended up in a Berlin prison during World War II. He was Austrian, and his crime was that he would not participate in Nazism. He would not report when he was called to the military. He wouldn't do it. Now, he wasn't a 
conscientious objector in the strictest sense. You know, that's somebody who just refuses to fight. No, that wasn't him. He had been in the military. He had served, but he would not cooperate when he recognized how evil Nazis were. And at the time, his parish priest and his wife, they were both, you know, telling him, no, there's no harm to you. There's there's no sin in you serving in the Nazi military because it is the law of the land and you need to think about your family. You need to think about the fact that you have two daughters to raise, et cetera, et cetera. But Franz wouldn't do it. And, and he thought about it. Now, we're supposed to use our intellect and our reason to think about things. And he did think about it. The men from his village who were being called up to, to join the Nazis and go fight, they weren't coming back. They were dying. And so he knew, too, part of it was that he knew that his chances of survival with the Nazis was very slim. And so... You know, if he was going to die, he wanted to die for something important. He didn't want to die being a Nazi or fighting for the Nazis. He just didn't want to do it. And so he chose not to go when he was called up and he ended up in prison. However, prior to that, he did try very hard to get to be a medic. Like he would go and do first aid or help in that way. He just, you know, because that is a corporal work of mercy, but they would not accept it. So anyway, he ends up in this prison. But I'm going to back up a little bit and tell you just a little bit about him. He was a farmer and he was a sacristan and he was a third order Franciscan. He was a very religious man. As a young man in his teens, he was a little wilder than than the average young man in his village. You know, it was a little bit scandalous. He had a motorcycle and he took a girl on it or something is, you know, one of those things. There was an illegitimate child. And the way I see it, I think there's a very good chance that this child was not his. But he accepted the child as his so that he could support her and the mom. The reason why I say this is because when he decided to get married, he didn't marry that woman. He married another woman, somebody that he was very much in love with, a very devout Catholic, and it's obvious the Lord put them together. So there's some hints when I did some digging that maybe this child, it was just an act of mercy to be a father to the illegitimate child and keep her and the mother in his life. So he had the, the, the one child, a daughter, and then two more with his, with his wife. And they were farmers and they worked and he didn't even eat till noon every day. And so, you know, laboring, farming, you know, the World War II time, there wasn't the technology we have today. It was physically harder for sure. And he just didn't take a meal until noon. There were certain things about his character, things that people said about him. He was well-loved and well-liked. So now he's in the prison kind of against the advice of his priest and his bishop and his wife. Well, the priest and the wife make a trip and they make this trip to the prison to see him. They want to convince him to go ahead and serve because the Nazis really wanted to make an example of anybody who they considered a coward or wouldn't join them. They really wanted to make an example of them. And so uh, they went to kind of save him like, there's no sin in this. Please come, just just relent. And 
his wife brought a picture of their little girls and there was a sign that they made. Those little daughters made this sign, daddy, please come home. I mean, can you imagine receiving that? But during his time in prison, he grew in holiness. He kind of had one foot in eternity and one foot on the earth. And he totally trusted the Lord with how things were going to go. And I do believe that he he really knew that if, if he had served, he would have died anyway. So he was really about making his death matter. And he wouldn't give in on this. Well, he was such a likable guy that at his trial, the judge and, and the wardens there, they tried to convince him to relent. And he wouldn't. They actually, you know, they started out being very superior and all this kind of stuff. And he really won them over. And they were sad that he was going to be executed. The priest that would see him quite often, he wrote, he said, I know that I have been in the presence of a saint. He knew it. And Franz would speak about his prison as if he didn't prefer anywhere else in the world to being there because it was God's will. And he knew that God had his family, himself, everything. He wrote his family a letter, you know, that they would read after his execution. And it's just dear. It's just dear. Anyway, the rule of law for those who would not serve would be execution by guillotine, having their heads chopped off. Okay, that's how it went. Well, to make the point even more so, the person being executed for this particular crime in the Nazis' eyes would not be allowed to wear a blindfold and they would be face up. So they would lay them on the guillotine with their face up and no blindfold so they saw the blade coming. It's just horrific, you know, how they treated people, of course. And so he was martyred August 9th, 1943. That's so interesting. The date is so interesting because he didn't know it, but exactly on that date, one year earlier, Edith Stein was martyred in the gas chambers. One year earlier, the same date. Isn't that interesting? So she's Edith Stein. We know her as St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross. And her story, I'm not going to get into it too much, but she was a Jewish woman who was raised Jewish. And then she becomes an atheist and she's just an intellect. And then one day she's staying. There's two events in her life that kind of brought her around. One day she's staying at a friend's house and she couldn't sleep. And she pulled a book off the shelf to read it. And it was a book by Teresa of Avila. She reads Teresa of Avila's writing in one night and she puts it down and she said, that is truth. That is truth. And so that leads to her becoming Catholic and she ends up becoming a sister. So now she's a, a Jewish Catholic. So of course the Nazis were really after her. And the other thing that kind of led her towards Catholicism was that a dear friend of hers, husband was killed and how the woman handled the sorrow because she had hope in God and hope in the resurrection and hope that she'd see him again. That also witnessed to Edith Stein, who became St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, who shares a martyr's date of August 9th, uh, 1942 for her and 1943 for uh, Franz Jagger's daughter. So I can't think of two people who demonstrate a complete trust in God more than Franz and St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross. But I'm not playing God or playing a judge, but his sacrifice was more because he had a family. And so 
He said two things that I want to leave you with. Franz said, quote, I cannot believe that just because one has a wife and children, he is free to offend God, unquote. And he also said, when the chaplain came to him in the prison, he said, quote, I am completely bound in inner union with our Lord, unquote. It has been a privilege to be with you today. Pray with me. Jesus, Mary, Joseph, we love you. You've been listening to Your Next Mission from God with Julie Omdurko, produced at the studios of Mater Dei Radio in Portland, Oregon. To listen to this podcast, visit materdayradio.com. To find out more about Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too, or if you're in need of a Catholic speaker for a parish mission, retreat, conference, or event, visit catholicfinishstrong.org. That's catholicfinishstrong.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.